Let's bow our heads together. Jesus, we do adore you. There is none like you. There is none above you. You are Lord over everything. And you are our Lord. Today, we want to just say to the world, you're our Lord. We want every devil in hell to know that you are Lord, ruler over everything, every sickness, every disease, every sin, every problem, you reign as Lord. And you're our Lord. And we have come today to act in your name. For we are the sons of God. Thank you, Father, for the privilege of serving you. Thank you for this time that we can come and worship you. Thank you as these men and women stand in attention for the word to be read. Oh, God, as they stand to honor the word that we are about to read they're not standing in honor of some man they're standing in the honor of the almighty God whose word has preeminence in our lives whose word never fails is always true and oh God who you never fail then to bring your word to pass in our lives What an awesome, wonderful God and Savior we serve. We're looking to you today. As we open up the pages of the Bible and we look into the Word of God, we're looking for you to step out of eternity down into time just for a moment again and anoint those of us that are here in your presence and anoint the Word and speak them again. For you said the words that I speak, they are spirit and they are life. And we're expecting every word to go like an arrow to its target. We're looking for it to hit the bullseye and slaughter every enemy and defeat every foe. And so that the name of Jesus will be championed among the people of God. We look to you, God, because you are worthy. There when the book was held in the hand of him that sat on the throne, there came forth a man who was worthy. We know there was no worthy man here. So God left the throne of glory to become a man, to walk down among us. Lord, they were looking for a savior from Rome, but you had something bigger in mind to save us from sin. And therefore sickness. Lord you had something bigger in mind. But it came so humble. That you came down in a manger. And that you oh God would grow up as a man. And experience things man does. And then voluntarily surrender yourself. That body that was built. That was fathered by God. So it was a son. And that son would come in obedience to the father's will to be filled with the father himself. Lord, we're here today in obedience to your word. 
And we know, Lord, you're on the scene to make every word of yours true. Because not one word of yours can return to you void. It will accomplish what you sent it to do. And we are ordained of God for this moment and this time. And we stand here as the children of God taking our position in the promise of the word of God. And we just put Satan on notice. You are defeated. And we will realize your defeat this day. As we proclaim it in the name of the Lord Jesus. And take for ourselves the promises that belong to us. Bless those Lord that are, that are with us today from around the world. From some from India, Africa, South Africa, different places. Lord, around the globe, Europe, America, Canada, wherever they are. Many of them have had their services today and have just come to be blessed again by your presence. May you bless them in a real and living way, I pray. Make the word of God real to us, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Amen. Well, I'll just turn over and wish somebody Merry Christmas. Amen. I want to wish every one of you a Merry Christmas here, those of you that are here and around the world. As we pause to remember the gracious gift God gave. But let's not present him as a God of history. But let's see him as a God of the present. He's not a babe in a manger. He's a resurrected Lord. And as Lord, he is champion over every devil, every disease, every sin, and every sickness. For all have to bow to his name. Amen. And as believers, let us be like Israel of old, who were led by the cloud of fire, prophetic utterance, miracles and signs, and God-given wonders. Amen. And this was to be accomplished by God-selected, God-ordained, and God-equipped, and God-sent men. With the whole camp being dominated by a Holy Ghost move. Amen. Are you ready to be dominated by a Holy Ghost move today? Amen. I, I want to just yield my vessel to him. You yield your vessel to him today. And say, oh God, speak. Amen. And let us be recipients of that divine grace. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for all the wonderful singing today. I'm going to go right back to the scriptures that we have been uh, ministering on Numbers chapter 33, verse 53, because I don't believe we got everything out of this we need to get. Amen. So I believe that the Lord has another portion for us today. We'll also be looking at the book of John chapter 15. So Numbers 33, verse 53, when Israel would come to their promised land, they would find that this promised land was already possessed. But they had to kick out the inhabitants of the land. And I want you to understand as we read the scripture today, we have our promised land, which is the word of God. And every demon of hell wants to camp down on it and say it's not for you. That you cannot possess it. Amen. So we come to the promised land and we already see there's a devil sitting right there on it trying to tell you, you can't have it. But I've got a word from the Lord for you. And ye shall dispossess the inhabitants of the land and dwell therein 
For I have given you the land to possess it. Hallelujah. What an amazing God, an amazing word. And it's every bit true. Amen. Then I want to go to John chapter 15, verse 7. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. And herein is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit, so shall you be my disciples. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. We're going to be speaking this morning on seated with power and authority. These words that we have read from the book of John, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what you will and it shall be done. Herein my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so shall you be my disciples. These words are the description of every child of God that is filled with the Holy Ghost. They are, the children of God are fruit-bearing men and women of faith. And not only do they deny the works of the flesh, they are led by the Spirit, and they are not under the law. And they're not under sin's dominion. Galatians 5.19 tells us the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyance, murders, drunkenness, rebellions of such like, of the which I told you before, as, you, as I have also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Amen. But you see, those that are connected to the vine, they bear these fruits. Verse 22, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. All of them describes who you really are. The child of God glorifies the Father as we bear fruit or we give evidence to abiding in the branch. We are a people of dominion. Unbelief in all types of sin does not have dominion over us. Yet we know there are people today who claim the Holy Ghost and yet there's no keeping power in their life. And the Bible tells us there would be those kind because it said men would have a form of godliness but deny the power thereof. So how can we say that one can commit sins of adultery and fornication or homosexual acts and still have the Holy Ghost? When you receive the Holy Ghost... The desire of sin is gone because sin nature is dead. 1 Corinthians 6 and 9, it tells you who will not inherit the kingdom of God. It said the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Be not deceived, neither fornicators, idolaters, adulterers, effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. And uh, what we have just read to you is every one of these are willful sins. And uh, understand, and that was the condition we were all in. I'm glad there's a God who will forgive us of our iniquities. Amen. But, but verse 11 says, and such were some of you. 
But you are washed, but you are sanctified, but you are justified, which means you are declared righteous in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. You know, we don't need to make excuses for sins. Some will take the Bible in Romans 7 where it said that I find a law that when I would do good, evil is present with me. And that because of the flesh and that we have to drag something that is unconverted along with us all, you know, that then we can't help but do what is wrong. But I want you to understand that sin is a result of sin dwelling in you. And Paul is not talking about a man who is filled with the Holy Ghost, but someone who is who is still sold in slavery to sin and one who still has sin abiding within them. And this man will say, I want to do right and I delight in the law, but I just can't live it. With my mind, I want to do right, but with sin nature of my flesh, I can't do it. And, and so that is a wretched condition that all humanity is in and was in and until Jesus came. And this is why Paul would say, oh, wretched man, who will deliver me from this body of sin? And here lies the answer. I thank God, Jesus Christ, my Lord. So there is therefore an inoculation for them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. And I'm talking to men and women today that I believe are walking in the spirit. Now... I would like to review or look at um, Romans say, 6 and verse 1. And let's just read some of this. And I, I've just got some things to lay some foundation on this morning as we get into our subject of being seated with power and authority. As uh, verse 1 says, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? But how shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death. Therefore we are buried with him in, in, by baptism into death. That like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should walk in the newness of life. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. So, you know, this is our, our very type of baptism. You don't, you don't bury somebody that is alive. You bury someone who's dead. And so it's a very type that we fulfill in baptism that we, we're saying the old man is dead and we are, we're burying him and raising again to the newness of life. So he says here, um, knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that Henceforth, we should not serve sin. For he that is dead is freed from sin. Now, if we be dead with Christ, we believe we shall also live with him. Knowing that Christ being raised from the dead died no more, and death hath no more dominion over him. For in that he died, he, he had died unto sin once, but in that he liveth, he liveth unto God. Likewise, reckon yourself Ye yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. And listen to this next verse. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body. Amen. Amen. That you should obey it in the lust thereof. What a word that is given. 
What an understanding that is being given to know that our body is no longer the servant of sin. And sin can no longer have rule or reign over you. It is no longer the dwelling place of sin nature. But it is now the temple of the Holy Ghost. So we know that our sins are cleansed and forgiven. And we no longer desire to do things wrong. But there always remains this question that comes up ever so often. Does a Christian sin? Well, here's what the Bible says in Hebrews 10, 26. For if we sin willfully, after that we have received the knowledge of the truth, there remaineth no more sacrifice for sins. That is, if we sin on purpose, after receiving the knowledge of the truth, the blood doesn't cleanse us. There's no sacrifice available to ones that are, have been, have, uh, have, have received the knowledge of the truth and uh, to continue on in sin and keep doing the wrong things and evil things. There's no sacrifice for that. The blood is to keep those from, from sin who is walking in faith, a man who is overcoming in their lives because sin nature is dead. If we are part of Christ, if we abide in Christ, we do not sin willfully or on purpose. So let no man deceive you. If you're, if you're righteous by the cleansing of the blood, you will do what is right. If we commit sin willfully, we're not yet born again. But we're still of the devil. Amen. We need a cleansing from sin nature. And that's the very reason that Jesus came was to destroy the works of the devil. That is to destroy sin and its shameful disease, our de- deeds. And if, if we're born again, we cannot sin because the seed of God has been awakened in us. And we cannot sin willfully because we are born of God. And there's a new life in us that brings our, our very flesh under the control of the Holy Spirit. This is what he said in John 2 and 1, 1 John 2 and 1. My little children, these things I write unto you that you sin not. So why would John tell us not to sin if we have no power to keep from sinning? This alone shows who are the children of God and who still belongs to the devil. If someone is still willfully sinning, he's unconverted and sin still has dominion over him. Remember there in John 15, 7, what we, what we read, if you abide in me, if you abide in me, and I, my words abide in you. Look at 1 John, verse, uh, 1 John 3 and 6. Whosoever abideth him in him sinneth not. Whosoever sinneth hath not seen him, neither known him. Little children, let no man deceive you. He that doeth righteous is righteous, even as he is righteous. He that committeth sin is of the devil, for the devil sinneth from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. Whosoever is born of God doth not commit sin, for his seed remaineth in him, and he cannot sin because he's born of God. In this the children of God are manifest in the children of the devil. Who doth not righteousness is not of God, neither he that loveth not his brother. So, however, God knows that we have a converted soul, but we still live in a body of flesh that is not converted, and we're constantly tempted to do wrong. 
Amen. I tell you, if I would ask you for a hand to be raised, every person in this building would raise. If I ask you how many this, this week has been tempted to do wrong, you've been tempted to disbelieve. Amen. You have been tempted to commit, to commit something that is sinful. Sin, but yet sin desire is gone, but we still walk in the path of this world. And sin abounds everywhere. Amen. It's like, can I, can I just explain it like a farmer would? It's like an manure along a path. We see it. We avoid it. But sometimes we didn't see it. And we step in it. We don't do it willfully because it's nasty. And we quickly clean it off our feet. Amen. But to the believer, sin is disgusting. It's even more disgusting than animal manure. You don't put your foot in it on purpose. And if you do step in it accidentally, you wash it off real quickly. And the same with sin. A true believer will never sin on purpose. And as we walk in this life, all along the path, Satan is there to trap us. We sin, we didn't pray enough. By misuse of our time, we sin. By allowing things to upset us, we sin. By having doubts and fear, we sin. Amen. And for this, we have an advocate. Amen. Who intercedes on our behalf. I'm glad to have an advocate. Amen. That makes up for our, for our lacks and our humanity. First John 2 and 1, my little children, these things write unto you that you sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. And he is the perpetuation for our sin. And not only for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. So what's the difference between willful sin and a mistake? A mistake is something you didn't mean to do and was not willfully done. Let me give you some examples of willful sin. To smoke a cigarette, I have to sin willfully. I have to think about it. I have to purchase it. I have to pick it up. I have to light it. I, all kinds of steps that I have to go through. I go through every kind of warning, every kind of thought. Telling me, don't do that. Don't do that. Even on the package, it says, don't do that. Amen. You have to willfully and consciously decide, I want to smoke a cigarette. You know, using drugs and alcohol, you have to willfully and consciously go and buy and then inject yourself with drugs or alcohol. Amen. Having sex with someone you're not married to, this is willful sin. Lying on purpose, you think about it and make up a lie. You know, purposely looking at pornography, adultery is willful sin. And that's adultery. But... But of course, this doesn't mean that we as Christians never make a mistake or do things wrong. No, it means that the Holy Ghost dwells within us. And our nature and desires are changed. And the blood then covers all of our mistakes. Aren't you glad for the blood? It means that the Holy Ghost abides and that is our anchor during our hour of temptation. And in those times, He makes a way of escape. It means... It means that he abides to convince us of what is sin and brings us quickly to obedience to the will and the word of God. It means that every day we crucify and keep dead the will of the flesh. Amen. Oh my. 
I think as it, as my mind just goes back to Eden a moment. Back in Eden, God saw his son Adam become a slave to sin nature. What a horrible day that was. Sin made Adam hide from God. Sin made him ashamed. Sin made him make excuses and blame Eve and ultimately blame God, saying, the woman thou has given me. But can you imagine the joy of the father that he has today watching you overcome? Amen. That you are now a branch in the vine when you were once a servant of sin. That you, you, you now are no longer a slave to sin. Romans 8, 11 said, but if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead also quickened your mortal body by his spirit that dwelleth within you. Second Corinthians six sixteen says, you are the temple of the living God. I'm talking about who you are. Not who you were. I'm talking about who you are. Amen. You are the temple of the living God. As God said, I will dwell in them and walk in them and I will be their God and they shall be my people. Ephesians 3.17 says that Christ may dwell in your heart by faith. You being rooted and grounded in love. 1 John 4 and 13 says, Hereby know you that we dwell in him and he in us because he has given of us his spirit. Amen. What a wonderful thing it is to say, I'm sealed. Amen. Amen. The Holy Spirit has sealed my life and he's in and the devil is shut out. I don't belong to devil. My body don't even belong to him. My spirit doesn't belong to him. Nothing of myself belongs to the devil. In the breach between the church ages and the seals, Brother Branham said, you've always heard me say, the people said, the devil made me do this. No, 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 the devil didn't do it. You just wasn't sealed in because when you're sealed in, he's sealed out. Yeah, now you went out to him, uh uh-huh. He couldn't get into you because the only way to get into you is through the same process that you have. He would have to be saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost, and then he'd be your brother. So you see... He didn't do it. No, no. You just went to the borderline and come back lusting for the things of the world. You never went all the way into Canaan. You see across Jordan to death to yourself. He would also explain this in the token message. The Bible said he that's born of God did not commit sin for he cannot sin. For the seed of God, amen, remains in him. And how can he sin when the sinless God is in him? And when he is in a sinless God, how can he sin? No matter what he's done, the blood's covered him. See, he's a new creature now. His desires and ambitions is of heaven because he's changed from a cucklebird to a wheat. His desires ain't the same as they once was. And he displayed it. And you say, oh, I believe that and still sinning. No, you're deceived. See, it can't display nothing but the token. And we know that's the literal life of Jesus Christ. I'd like to look at 1 John 2, 27, and I want to remind you from what we were speaking last week, that this anointing that we have received is different from the anointing of the Old Testament in that that there was not a proper sacrifice that could take away sin and then give back his nature. But about this anointing that you have, 
It is a life that abides. Look at verse 27. But the anointing which you have received of him abideth in you. And ye need not that any man teach you, but as the same anointing teaches you of all things and is truth and is no lie, even as it hath taught you, you shall abide in him. And now, little children, abide in him, that he, when he shall appear, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. We are born again. How many can say this morning, I'm glad I'm born again? Amen. Well, if you're born again, Ephesians 2.10 says we are his workmanship. We are created in Christ Jesus to good works, which God hath ordained uh, that we should walk in them. Ephesians 4.21 says, if so be that you heard him and have been taught by him. As the truth is in Jesus, that you put off the former conversation, the conduct, behavior, the old man, which is corrupt according to deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Romans 6, 6, we read this, knowing that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that Henceforth or from now on, we should not serve sin, but he that is dead is freed from sin. Amen. Colossians 3 and 9 said, seeing you put off the old man with his deeds and put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. And then I would like to look at your church age and the revelation of deity. God's personal revelation of himself to your age. Revelation chapter 3 verse 14. And to the angel of the church of Laodicea, write these things saith the amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. So now, the book of Revelation here, our revelation of God to this age is specific to us that Christ is the beginning of the creation of God. And that's true is God condescended from, from spirit uh, to look to theophany. And as the thoughts of God was released from the word, the logos into theophany form and by the words God framed the world. So he was the beginner or the author of the creation of God. There was, this was not one person creating the second person of God. But this was, because that would make God, Jesus, lower than Godhead. Amen. But these words here are the beginner or the author of the creation of God. So we know of surety that Jesus is God. He's very God. He is the creator. All things were made by him. And without him was not anything made that was made. And he's the one who said in Genesis 1 and 1, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. It also says in Exodus 20 and 11, For six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them is, and rested the seventh day. So there's no doubt he is the creator. And he was the creator of a finished physical creation. Amen. So we can see what these words mean. To have any other interpretation would mean God created God. 
So how could God be created when he himself is the creator? But now he's standing in the midst of his church here in the seventh age. And and he stands revealing who he is in this last age. And he calls himself the author of the creation of God. And this now is not the same creation of Genesis 1. This is a new creation. Remember the old covenant had a creation. The new covenant also has a creation. Amen. Amen. And this, uh, this new creation starts with the word. Amen. For it said in the beginning, in the beginning was the word. And the word was made flesh. Somebody with me? So the new creation would be, be, would start with the word and it would produce sons of the word. Remember that first creation would create life and bring it until the image of God was upon the earth. And the new creation does the same. It begins with the word and if from that word is birth sons. And out of that word comes more sons and more sons and more sons. Hallelujah. Now, so this is another creation. You can look at your body and you can see it's of the old order of creation. It will have to be changed. Amen. But you have, that have been birthed within your soul, you are not, that soul is not of the old order of creation. That creation is a fallen creation. That creation is a slave to sin. That creation is under the domination of sin. But the new creation is not under sin's, sin's dominion. Unbelief cannot stay in it. Doubt cannot rule it. Hallelujah. Are you with me? Amen. It is of a new creation. And that creation, it started with God coming down in a virgin. And there would overshadow a virgin. And then from that, from that work that he did of that creation, out of him now would come the rest of his creation. Now, isn't that what God did in the beginning? He unfolded himself from spirit unto, unto where he would come to sin into word. And from word, he would create all things. Hallelujah. Amen. And then in this one, this is what God does. He condescends and he takes on human flesh. And the word becomes flesh. And then from that word, he will create all things. My friends, you're, under, you're of another creation. You're not of the creation of failure. You're of a new creation. And this creation doesn't know the word failure. Amen. It is a a creation wherein sons of God dominate, not where sons of God become dominated. This is a creation that casts Satan out. Not a creation that comes under his reign. Amen. Now, so Brother Branham would say in the church age book, this is a new creation. Another creation has to do with the church. It's a special designation of himself. He is the creator of that church. The heavenly bridegroom created his own bride. 
as the Spirit of God, he came down, created in the virgin, married the cells of, from which he was born. I want to repeat that. He created the very cells in the womb of Mary for that body. And it wasn't enough for the Holy Spirit to simply uh, give life to a human ovum uh, supplied by Mary. That would not have been, or that would have been sinful mankind producing a body. Amen. That would not have, that would not have produced the last Adam of him. It is said, lo, a body hast thou, Father, prepared me. So God, not Mary, provided that body. Mary was a human incubator and she carried the holy child and brought him to birth. It was a God man. He was the son of God. He was of the new creation and man and God met and joined. He was the first of this new race. I want to talk about Jesus for a little while. Amen. He was the first of this new race. He is the head of this new race. Amen. This is the God race. Are you with me? Colossians 1.18 says, And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead. Hallelujah. That in all things he might have the preeminence. Amen. Second Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. And old things have passed away. And behold, all things have become new. Amen. Now, therefore, you can see that no man was of the old order of creation. Now in union with Christ, he has become of the new creation of God. Ephesians 2.10 says, we are his workmanship, created in union with Christ Jesus, under good works. Verse 24 of chapter 4 of Ephesians says, and that you put on the new man, which is created in righteousness and true holiness. Now, I'm establishing you in the word of God. Because this isn't something I said about you. This isn't something your mama said about you. This isn't something Brother Branham said about you. This is something God said about you. And that's where your faith has got to rest, is in the eternal word of God. Now this new creation is not of the old creation. That creation fell. And it's not one that's made over, where God took the other one and made it into something else. Or it could be called a new creation. But it's what it is. It is exactly what it says. It's a new creation. Amen. It's another creation distinct from the past. Distinct from the old one. Because the old one doesn't have a shred of claim on the new creation. Hallelujah. Amen. He don't deal with us in this creation like he dealt with Abraham. Amen. Abraham's issue would come a godly lineage. But now it's not just Abraham and Abraham's race and a fleshly lineage. But now from his issue, by the Holy Spirit, amen, out of every kindred and tribe and nation, he has purposed for himself a new creation. And he's the first of that new creation. He was God created in the form of man. And now by his spirit, he's creating many sons unto himself. God, the creator, created himself a part of his creation. 
Ephesians 1.15. I'd like to look at this. Because it's here we're going to draw our foundation for our, our message today. Therefore always, I always, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him. The eyes of your understanding be enlightened that you might know what is the hope of his calling. And what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? And what is exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought, worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his own right hand in the heavenly places far above all principalities and power and might and dominion and every name that is named not only in this age but in that which is to come now I want you to notice of this new creation where is he placed he is placed to be there far above all principalities and power and might and dominion and every name you just think of it Whatever name you want to say, whatever sin you want to say, whatever disease you want to say, whatever sickness you want to say, amen, every one of them, every name that is named, not only for them, but for now, not only for that age, but for this age. Hallelujah. Paul uses the word principalities and power to describe demons and evil spirits. He uses the same terminology later in, in his letter in verse 12 of chapter 6. And said, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against the spiritual host of wickedness in heavenly places. So you see, Paul is showing us. Showing us that Jesus sits on the right hand of the Father and he is far above every evil spirit or every demon or every fallen angel or any kind of spiritual being or evil being that exists. Come on now. He is seated far above all powers. Amen. Now, you know, in a kingdom, being seated by the right hand of the king is the highest position available. Amen. There's no higher rank than this. And since the kingdom of God is the greatest kingdom, and since there is no authority in existence that is higher than God, then we know to be seated at his right is to be in a place of unmatched authority. This is where the new creation is placed. With unmatched authority. Amen. Jesus has absolute, unconditional authority over every demon. Over every sin. Over every sickness. Hallelujah. Amen. Philippians 2 and 5 says, Let the mind that be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, took it upon him, the form of a servant, was made in the likeness of men. 
And being found in the fashion of man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Amen. Oh, what a day that was when God watched earth that had been cursed. Possessed by another, amen, by by the will of a man who walked down to the river Jordan in obedience to the will of the Father to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Are you with me? Amen. Look now, wherefore God hath highly exalted him and gave him a name which is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of things in heaven, of things on the earth, and things under the earth. Amen. I don't care where the devil's hiding. Amen. I don't care where he's hiding today. He's got to bow. Amen. If he if he's there, shown fighting in heaven over our position, he's got to bow. If he's here on the earth tormenting you, he's got to bow. If he's in hell, he's got to acknowledge the name of Jesus. Every knee has to bow. Amen. That at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow in things in heaven, things in earth, things under the earth. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, ruler, king. With authority and power to the glory of God the Father. Hallelujah. Every devil, every cancer, every affliction, every demon has got to bow the knee to this name and obey. No exceptions. No matter how big the name. No matter how feared the name. No matter how many others he's championed over. This Lord of ours is champion of champions. He is Lord of lords. His name is above all names. And at his name every demon has to bow. And every tongue has to confess that he indeed is the ruler. He rules over sin. He rules over sickness. He rules over disease. He rules over every demon power. Name him. He has to bow to the feet of Jesus Christ and acknowledge he is Lord. Hebrews, Ephesians one twenty says, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his his right hand in heavenly places, far above all principalities and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also that which is to come. Amen. We know, now we know, The spiritual things are just as real as physical things. Amen. Let me say that again. We know that spiritual things are just as real as physical things. We know that spiritual things are superior to to physical things. For God, a spirit, created all physical things. So we know that greater is he that is in us. Than he that is in the world. We know that the greater one is the master of sickness. 
He's the master of disease. He's a master of weaknesses. Amen. Now, but you, you know, we many times want to just say, but that was just for Jesus. But I want to remind you that it was not just for Jesus. Jesus, Jesus came as the head of the new creation for there to be many brethren. Amen. This was, you see, I mean, he already had all of this as, as God. He becomes man to become the captain of our salvation. Amen. To lead us into deliverance. To give us the victory over sin, over death, over hell, over the grave. Amen. Over sickness, over disease. Amen. Now, I want you to, as we stop here just for a minute and pause on this, because, again, I want to go back and just realize again that spiritual things are more real than the physical things. Because every physical thing was made from the spiritual. Amen. The Bible said things that are made were made by things that are not seen. Amen. So therefore, the word, which, which, which can only be seen by the eyes of faith, that's the only way it can be seen. The natural senses don't declare it. The earthly man doesn't declare God. That's why we're not looking for our earthly senses to declare God. We're looking for our faith to declare Him. Amen. Now, so you see... As we have read it now, I just want to get it far above all principalities, power, might, dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this age, but in that which is to come. Notice this. And he put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. So let's look exactly what he said. He, he put everything under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church and the church is his body. So if he put it under his feet, he put it under the feet of the church. Amen. Oh my, that's what the book of Romans said. And the God of peace shall bruise Satan under your feet. Hallelujah. Ephesians 2 and 1, the next verse actually after this that I just read, and he had, and you, he had made alive, who were dead in trespasses and sins, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once conducted ourselves in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath just as the other. Oh, but I like this. Amen. Oh, my. This, this, this is a kind of a bleak Deal. We, we all look at the love where we conducted ourselves in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and we're to children of wrath. But that's not the end of the story. But God. But God. I was dying in sin. But God. I was sick with disease. But God. I was lost. But God. 
Hallelujah. Don't you realize, church, what it all is? Amen. Some of you were doomed to death, but God. Amen. Who is rich in mercy? Whose mercy doesn't run out? Whose mercy is for this day and this age and this moment and this time and this service? A God who is rich in mercy for the great love wherewith he loved us. Hallelujah. Are you feeling loved? Because even when you were dead in sins, amen, he made you alive together with Christ. And by grace, by his favor, he saved you. Hallelujah. Amen. And he raised us up together. And made us to sit together. Where? In heavenly places. In Christ Jesus. Right where he is. In union with Jesus Christ. You are enthroned. And ruling from another dimension. Over sin. Over sickness. Over evil. It's not just him sitting on the throne. That's the first of the new creation. But everyone recreated in Christ Jesus sits on the throne with him. Hallelujah. As believers, we are in the same seat of authority that Jesus occupies. We are with Christ, and we are also in Christ. This is a place that is far above every demon, every fallen angel, every evil spirit, and even Lucifer himself. That's where you're seated. Over every devil. Over every sickness. Over every disease. Name him. You're higher than him. Hallelujah. Just name him. You're higher than him. You got more authority than him. You got more rights than him. Hallelujah. Now. Just as Adam was given dominion over every living creature in Eden. God has chosen to give us, his beloved children, and this new creation, a level of authority in the spirit realm that is above every created thing. Somehow or another, you missed that. Let me go over it again. Just as Adam was given dominion over every living creature in Eden, in this new creation... You are also given dominion over everything created. Amen. I'm trying to tell you, you are the highest order in this creation. And there's nothing of the old creation that is higher than you are. Not a devil. Not a sickness. Not a problem. Not a circumstance. Nothing. It's greater than where you're sitting. For you are enthroned. On a throne. A 
and you reign from the spirit realm. You're not just of this flesh, but you're bringing this flesh under obedience to the word of God. And sickness comes and we bring it to obedience. Amen. And sin comes and we bring it to obedience. And temptation comes and we bring it to obedience because we are a people of dominion. Hallelujah. We're a people of dominion. We are not a defeated people. We are not lower than devils. We are not subject to devils. Devils have no dominion over us. Sin has no power over us. Sickness has no power over us. The Bible said you are seated there. You look at the tense of the verbs. This is not something that will happen in the future. This is not something that will happen in the millennium. This does not say we will be seated. It says we're already seated. This is something that has already happened. Amen. We are of a new creation. And we've already been given authority that is far above every enemy. Far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named not only in this age but also in that age which is to come. We have been given dominion. It comes with the new creation. To Adam he would say, you're the highest order of creation. You're my son. I give you dominion. To you, he says, you're the highest order of my new creation. And I give you dominion. Hallelujah. We have an absolute, unconditional authority over all demons. We are in a position that is far above them. We are the, even the most powerful and highest Ranking, uh, we are above, I mean, ever powerful and highest ranking forces of evil. We're above every one of them. And this, this Bible said, explicitly says principalities and powers and every name that is named. And he had put all things under his feet and given him to be head over the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills us all in all. So all things are under the feet. Of Jesus. Jesus is the head of the church. The church is his body. The feet are part of the body. And all things are under his feet. So all things are under his body. So all things are under the church. So no wonder he said I give you power. To tread on scorpions and serpents. And over all the power of the enemy. And nothing in the, is that by enemies hurt you. And the God of peace shall bruise Satan under your feet. Hallelujah. If you believe the Bible, you need to believe this. Because it's a Bible and it's the truth. It's truth whether you realize it or not. Whether you believe it or not. Amen. If you choose to believe it, then you can. You will be enjoying the benefits of it. Brother Bantam tells us we lay a living below our privileges. And I'm trying to tell you where you're seated. 
what the new birth has done for you, it has placed you in a position of authority. It is a free gift that comes from being born again. Your authority comes with your birthright. Amen. Forever born again child of God sits with him in power and authority. I don't care if you were born again with him yesterday or it happens today. The moment you are born again, you sit with him in authority and power over sin, over all the works of the devil. I'm explaining to you that right now you are more than a conqueror. Hallelujah. I'm telling you right now, you're not going to be conquered. You were sent here to conquer. Amen. Authority over the devil and demons is not something we're working toward. It is not something that's limited for prophets or preachers. Amen. It's not a goal or a target that we're trying to reach. It is true right this very minute. It is already so. Amen. We don't have to work for it. We don't have to pray it down. Amen. It was given us to as a gift. And God gave it to us because of his great love he had for us. Amen. Not because of our hard work and our holy living. Hallelujah. Putting your faith in Jesus. There's several things happen. One thing, you are declared righteous. Did you hear me? You are declared righteous. Amen. You, you are, you're declared righteous and holy by God our Father. Romans 5.1. Therefore, having been justified or declared righteous by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says the righteous one shall live by faith. They have a faith sense. They have the ability to believe. Every born again child of God is a believer. He believes that the days of miracles are never past. He believes that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He believes whatever God says in his word, he believes it. Amen. So you see, he he has given us the sense of faith. What is that sense? It's that super sense is God, the faith of God in you, the part of God that comes into you that gives you the super sense. Hallelujah. You are, you've got a super sense because you are of a super race. A supernatural people is people who does things supernaturally beyond the natural. Amen. Now, we are just as righteous as Jesus. Hello, everybody. We are just as righteous as Jesus. But Jesus never sinned. Neither did you in this new creation. Hallelujah. Amen. The seed cannot sin. It abides in him. Amen. You're talking about this which is still of the first creation, but that which is of the new creation. It don't doubt. It don't fear. Amen. It don't get confused. It believes. It's a believer. Hallelujah. Are you with me now? You see, you see, Jesus, this is what made Jesus fearless. He knew he was righteous. Amen. He knew Satan had no claim on him. 
the prince of this world has come and he had no claim on me. Amen. So thus he had no power over him. He only can have power over those he has a claim over. And he doesn't have a claim on you because you've been born again. You're a child of God. He can't claim you as as his child. You were his child by your first birth, but you're not his child anymore. You are a new creation in Christ. You are a born again believer. And you are righteous as Jesus was righteous. And holy as Jesus was holy. Now, I just might have me a runaway. Amen. But I'm talking about who you are. Because when the bride realizes her position, the rapture will come. When you realize the devil has no claim on me, he has no right to me. He has no right to my mind. He has no right to my body. He has no right to my soul. I don't belong to him. I am not a slave to sin. I am not a slave to disease. I'm not a slave to sickness. I am not a slave. Did you hear me? I am not a slave. I don't belong to the devil. I didn't originally belong to him. But because I was sold into sin, I wasn't intended to be that way, but I was sold into sin. But Jesus came and redeemed me, and he paid my price, and I am free. And he that the Son has made free is free indeed. Hallelujah. I declare you free from sin. I declare you free from sickness. I declare you free from the power of every demon spirit. I can stand as fearlessly in the presence of Satan as Jesus did. Hallelujah. And I can use my family name to kick him out. Because I have been given the power of attorney to use his name because he named me so. I'm his child. We can stand as fearlessly in the presence of Satan as Jesus stood fearlessly in the presence of Satan. You see, sin makes cowards of men. But when we realize we are the possessors of righteousness, the righteousness of God, then we know we are God and we know we have God in us. And we can stand fearlessly in the presence of Satan and command him. And he has to obey. Righteousness is the ability of God taking possession in us. We not only stand in the presence of Satan fearlessly, but we stand before the throne of God fearlessly. Because we are conscious of the fact that we are his children. Amen. We are born of the new creation, created by God himself. And Jesus has given us the power of attorney to use his name and to act in his stead. And he said, in my name you shall cast out devils. If we can cast him out, we can do undo everything he's done. 
we can cast him down. If we can cast him down, we can destroy his strongholds. We can break in upon him fearlessly that will mean his destruction and our victory. How many is ready to have victory over the devil? This is a day of victory. Amen. I'm preaching about a bride who's in step with the word. Who knows who they are. Who is an adopted sons and daughters of God. Who have been positioned and ordained and called for this hour. To meet the devil in his own Eden. And he can't make us do what he wants us to do. Hallelujah. We can be right here in Satan. Listen, in the, in, I, in, the, in the first Eden, Adam could walk with God. And there, the devil had no power over him. Until he took sin nature. Then power came upon him. Amen. But friends, when sin nature is gone and the Holy Ghost is there, the devil has no more power over you. You no longer have to do what he says. You say. You say. You speak. You say. And it'll be done. Amen. Now, so therefore you are righteous. Do you believe it? Amen. The Bible said that he became our sin. That we might become his righteousness. Is that the Bible? Then you are the righteousness of God. Because he took your sin. Another thing, you are spiritually born again. As that was the new doctrine of the Old Testament. Old Testament, or the New Testament. The Old Testament had but one birth. Are you with me? That's why a child that was born with a sinful occasion under adultery couldn't enter into the congregation of the Lord for ten generations. But that's not so in this generation. That's not so under this covenant. We got a greater blood than that. Amen. We got a greater blood than that. Amen. We got a new birth now. They only had one birth. You had to be born in a certain lineage, under a certain way, and a certain type. And, and that's the way that you, you know, you had to be born to, to be accepted in the kingdom. But not in this one. It's not a natural birth. It's a spiritual birth. And I don't care how naturally you were born. Amen. This Holy Ghost comes down, breathes out all the call, and gives you the title to eternal life. And nothing can separate you from the love of God in Christ Jesus. And it can't keep you out of the rapture. It can't keep you from heaven. It can't keep you from any promise of God. It is yours because of your birth. It's your inheritance. It belongs to you. The new creation makes us the children of Almighty God. God is our Father. We are His children. You were, you were, the Bible said in John 1 12, but as many as received Him, how many received Him? Them, they, then He gave the right to become the children of God to those that believe on His name. Amen. So everyone that received Him is born of Him. If you're born of him, you, are, you have a right to all that heaven is. You have a right to the inheritance. You have a right to the throne. You have a right to dominion. Amen. You were given citizenship with full rights into the kingdom of God. Ephesians 2.19 says, Now therefore you are no longer strangers and foreigners, 
but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. How great is that? Amen. You, you have been given a citizenship with full rights into the kingdom of God because you're the family of God. You're not only in the kingdom as a lower, a lower person, you are the royal family. Amen. You are the sons of God. Amen. You are the children of the most high king. You have been placed in a position uh, or seat of authority that is higher than any created being. For he says in Ephesians 2.6, he has raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Amen. That puts every one of us on shouting grounds right now. Are you with me? Amen. Every one of us can be on shouting grounds. Because wherever he's sitting, we're sitting. Whatever he rules over, we're ruling over it too. Amen. His power is our power. His name is our name. His authority is our authority. His kingdom is our kingdom. Hallelujah. Let your kingdom come and your will be done in this earth as it is in heaven. Let me bring this body subject to what the word of God says. Amen. The Bible said in Colossians 2.15, And having spoiled principalities and power, he made a shoe of them openly, triumphing over them. So you see, he spoiled principalities and powers and made a shoe or a show of them openly, triumphing. And then he raised you up on the throne with him to rule and reign with him. Amen. All this took place the instant you received his Holy Spirit. Amen. So when the Holy Ghost came, this dominion came with it. It's something that is given to every child, every son and daughter of God. It is an act of His goodwill, His grace, His mercy. Amen. And you did not work to earn it. It came as a result of your faith in Jesus Christ. It is a free gift. It's an endowment on every child of God. Hallelujah. Oh, Brother Branham would say in, in God hiding himself in simplicity, he talk, he'd talk about the blood and he'd compare it with bleach. Yeah, right. And he said the blood of the Old Testament was more like a paint that just, just covered over the sin. The sin was there, but it was hidden behind the paint. God couldn't see it because of the blood, the animal that atoned. But he said, not this blood. This blood is not a paint. This blood is a bleach. And this blood, amen, when applied to sin, it changes the chemistry. Amen, all the way back until you can't find it. You can't see it. It's not there no more. I know there used to be something written on that wall, but it's not there no more. The bleach took care of it. I know there was sin written all over that man, but it ain't there no more. The bleach took care of it. Hallelujah. Amen. And it changed every molecule of it. And it changed it. Brother Branham said it changed it down to the mediators all the way back until your sins land on the head of Satan. So your accuser is packing your sins. It's not your sins anymore. It's his sins. And 
you are free. Hallelujah. I said you're free. Amen. And it's not you going to hell for your sins. It is him going to hell through the lake of fire for your sins. So you are the righteousness of God. You see, as he said, what's the matter with the church? I have to explain about the blood and the blood of this covenant. He said, there's something wrong. My opinion, we're not coming with the sincerity of the right thing. For that if God could do that by the blood of bulls and goats, which he created, created flies and fleas and, 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 and all of those things that called up frogs from there by Moses under the blood of bulls and goats. Amen. And that only covered sin. It made a perpetuation for the sinner. But the sin was still there, only covered over. What can he do through the blood of his son that omits sin? And God takes not a manufactured bleach, but he created a blood that takes all sins away. And Mark eleven twenty four. here's where he puts you in standing. Amen. Understand, sitting on the throne is not just a sit-down job. To sit on the throne means you are ruling. Somebody get it? It means you are actively ruling. You are commanding and expecting it to happen. You are telling the devil where to go and he has to obey. You are changing circumstances. You are bringing everything subject to the word of God. Amen. And so there you stand, he said, and, and he says, it takes away all sin. And Mark eleven twenty four, 24, whatever you say. Now here you are on the throne where whatever you say to this mountain, move and don't doubt in your heart, but believe what you said will come to pass. You can have what you said. Oh, where's the Pentecostal church at today? Amen. You don't realize that confess, truly confess Sin omits sin. Amen. If there's no omit to it, it builds a bridge across the chasm that takes a man back in the presence of his creator and then makes him a son of God. Brother Brandon would later say about this very thing, and he says, and it takes even the chasm away where God don't ever even remember there was ever anything between you and him. The chasm's even gone. Where you were separated. Man and God was separated by sin. Amen. Takes a man back into the presence of his creator. Makes him a son of God. Amen. He that believeth on me the works that I do shall he do also. There you are. Verily I say unto you. If you say this mountain be moved. And don't doubt in your heart. But believe what you said will come to pass. You can have what you said. Glory to God is my God revealing himself in humility. God taking a humble sinner and cleansing him by his blood and dropping that confessed sin into that Clorox bleach of the blood of the Son of God and putting his own life into that man by the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Then he said, we got the genuine baptism of the Holy Ghost. What's wrong with us? When the type, when Elijah dropped the robe for Elisha, he got a double portion of it. 
Jesus said, the works that I do shall you do also. And greater than this shall you do. For I go to my Father. What's wrong, church? Then he says, the sky is full of genuine Pentecostal power. That makes a man or a woman, a son and daughter of God, that takes him back in the presence of God. I know there's people who don't want that Pentecostal power, but that's what's promised to the church. You gotta get away from your own thoughts. You gotta get away, gotta get, let the mind that was in Christ be in you. You gotta stay there till every sin of fear and every sin of doubt has gone from your heart. And if you're there and God doesn't take you and admit your sins and, and, uh, and send you in the presence of God, there's something wrong with your experience. Your sins are confessed. And in the blood of Jesus Christ, you stand unadulterated, a born again son and daughter of God with the life of God in you to speak a word of creation. Let this mountain be moved and it will mind you. Now, but you know, it's possible. It is possible for sons of God, daughters of God, born by the Spirit of God. To have a position of authority and not know how to use it. Brother Branham said in God of this evil age. He said when the whole word of God, entire word of God and complete was headed up in the human body called Jesus Christ. In there God made me pay for my sins in him there. Then he rose me up, raised me up with him in the resurrection. And now we are seated with him. With power and authority over every devil. Somebody say every devil. Oh, if you can only believe what God has given. But if you're not seated there, you don't have it. And if you are seated there and don't believe and afraid to move it, to move it, you'll, or to move, you'll never use it. But if you're seated there, you will use it. For you are ordained to do what you are to do. How many believes in an ordained people? Amen. Now, let me, just, let me just share with you another quotation. And we'll move on. He says in question and answers on the Hebrews. All powers in heaven and earth is given in my hand. Go and I'll be with you. Whatever you bind on earth, I'll bind, I'll bind in heaven. What you loose on earth, I'll loose in heaven. He's quoting Jesus. Oh, if the great holy church only realized its power to do these things. But there's so much doubt and fear and trembling and wonder if it will, could it happen? And as long as that exists, the church can never stand upright. And whenever talk of fear is vanished and the Holy Spirit is completely in control of the church, then all fears are gone. And that church has the power, see? Why? They have everything that heaven owns behind them. They are ambassadors of the throne. Amen. Absolutely. An ambassador of the throne has the authority and everything Christ owns belongs to that ambassador. He said, go into all the world. You're my witnesses. That the Holy Ghost has come on you. What is a witness? It is the powers of heaven that's right in your hands. He said, oh, why do we sit? And the church is barren and we sit dormant is because we don't recognize these things. Hallelujah. But I'm telling you, friends, there's a church that is no longer barren. She's under expectation. I'm under expectation this morning. 
I'm under expectation for God to come among us, sweep by His Holy Spirit, drive out every demon power, heal the sick, cast out devils in His name, and save the lost. That's the kind of God that I serve, and I am announcing to the devil this morning, amen, that we are sitting on a place of authority, and we know who we are. There has been a revelation given to a people in this last day that says, you are not just justified, you never did it in the first place. Because in God's mind, you never were a sinner. And you are here, amen, to walk right into the mind of God. Let's go back and look at Ephesians 1.15. Hope you're not tired. I got a ways to go. We're canceling Wednesday night, so I'll borrow some time from that if I need it. Say that's Brother Timothy's time. He's not going to be here. Because we're dismissing. Ephesians one fifteen. Therefore, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord and your love for all the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. How many like to hear Paul pray? Here's his prayer. That the Lord, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. The eyes of your understanding be enlightened that you may know what the, is the hope of His calling, what is the riches of the glory of His inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of His power toward us who believe according to the working of His mighty power. So now Paul's prayer, I want you to notice, he is not praying, God, pour out your your power or give the people more authority. He is praying that the people, their eyes would come open and their spiritual understanding be enlightened, that they can realize what they already have. Amen. We don't need to pray for no more faith. Amen. Or more power or more authority. That's actually praying unbelief. Amen. You don't believe what God gave you, what the Bible says you have. If we want to pray about this, then we need to go to praying that God would help us to see what he's already given us and learn how to use the authority he's provided. Somebody with me now? Amen. Colossians 1 and 12. Given thanks unto the Father which made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints and light. Listen, he is saying, given thanks to the Father who hath given us the ability to enjoy our share of the inheritance of the saints in light. He is wanting to, God's wanting to give you the ability to see who you are. The devil's lied to you. Amen. He's told you over and over, you're worthless. You're no good. You don't have no faith. You are weak. I don't know why you give him credence because he's never been known to tell the truth. Amen. I want you to look at the next verse, what he's done. He had delivered us from the power of darkness and had translated us into the kingdom. Of his dear son. 
You are now sitting in a kingdom on a throne. Because in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sin. And that's why we sit there. Because we're not, we don't belong to the devil anymore. And we have been translated. We have been transferred. We have been, we have been raptured up into the kingdom of his dear son. You're in the kingdom. There's another king there. And he's not just king, you sit by him. And you rule with him. Amen. He has delivered you from the authority of darkness. He has created you in Christ Jesus. In your soul, the nature of your soul has been, or the, the, your soul rather, which is the nature of your spirit. There has been an overshadowing of the Holy Ghost. And when it does, another son is born. Hallelujah. Now think about this now. By the overshadowing of the Holy Ghost, a son was born. And unto us a child was born, unto us a son was given. And his name should be called Wonderful Counselor, Prince of Peace, Mighty God. And this same one comes along to birth other sons. That you can reign with the same dominion as he reigns with. Listen again, Ephesians 2.10. We are his workmanship. We are created in Christ Jesus to good works. Which God hath ordained. Before that we should walk in them. God ordained me to walk. In good works. Hallelujah. Ephesians 4.22. We've read it. That put off the former conversation, the old man, which is corrupt according to deceitful lust. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind. That you put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness. Amen. We put off the old man with his deeds. Perfect faith. Brother Bradham says, so when a man lives by faith and walks by faith, I mean substance faith. He is isolated from the entire world and becomes a new creature in Christ. There you are getting into bride material. See, you're getting in rapturing condition now. Amen. Now this is the mystery of the new creation. We have come into bride material. Rapturing condition By the infusion of his life and his faith into us by the new birth. Amen. That's how we, that's how we have perfect faith. Amen. It's the attribute of the gift of God, the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost always has perfect faith. It perfectly believes the word. Amen. We, by being born of the spirit, are infused with his life. And so therefore infused with his faith. I want to ask you, if you're born again, what faith do you have? Well, I've got weak faith, not if you're born again. I've got intellectual faith, not if you're born again. I've got just human faith, not if you're born again. Let me read you what kind of faith you have. Galatians 2.20, I am crucified with Christ. Can somebody say amen? Amen. amen. Nevertheless, I live. How many is living? Amen. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me. Is everybody here with me? 
Amen. And the life which I now live in the flesh. I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I am living in the flesh. The life of the Son of God. And I have his faith. Dominating faith. Creative faith. Faith that says the word is true. This fills every child of God with his righteousness. It gives him direct access to the throne room. To ask anything in his name. Amen. And by that throne room authority to demand any demon, any sickness, any disease to leave. Amen. And his word is back. All heaven is behind the word. By virtue of the new creation, the believer is given dominion over every spirit, every sin, every disease, just as Adam did before the fall. You know, you got to take, you got to take advantage of your legal rights before the throne. You have the very same spirit that Jesus had. You have the Holy Spirit as did the apostles. Amen. You possess his faith. It is the faith that Jesus had, but yet now it is your faith. You have a right to it. It belongs to you. It's the faith of Christ. You have eternal life. You have the same righteousness that he had. You have his you are his very own life in human temples. And you should take advantage of your legal rights before the throne because you have the the same legal standing before God that Paul or any of the other apostles had. Amen. God has made me greater than all of my enemies. Hallelujah. Look at your neighbor and tell him, God has made me greater than all of my enemies. Amen. As Joshua had elders to put their feet on the neck of the Canaanite kings. Remember them? Amen. He come against them. They came against them. They took the five kings, stole them in a cave, and said, now we're going to go defeat all, your, defeat all your enemies. But, boys, we're coming back to deal with you a little later. And when the battle was over, somebody help me, he pulled out all of those five kings of the Canaanites. And he said, I tell you what I want you to do, boys. I want every one of the elders of Israel to take and put their foot on the neck of all of these kings. Amen. Because if you got your feet on the neck of the kings, you got your feet on everything beneath them. Hallelujah. Amen. So therefore, amen, if he said I will tread on serpents and scorpions... And that God of peace will bruise Satan under my feet. Satan, did you hear me? Satan. The biggest, the biggest king of them all. Satan. Under my feet. Hallelujah. God then has put my foot on the neck of the devil. And if I got my foot on the neck of the devil, everything beneath him is under my feet. Every one of his sicknesses, every one of his diseases, every one of his... Come on, somebody. Everything the devil is, is represented in Lucifer. And God has put Satan under your feet. 
Hallelujah. I cannot be put to shame. My sins are gone. My weaknesses are routed. The devil is on the run. My past is forgiven. In fact, in this new creation, I have no sinful past. And no sin can be attributed to me to the life that I now live in Christ. I cannot be put to shame. Amen. The strength of God is mine. I am here to put faith into action. Hallelujah. Faith into action becomes a verb. And that verb is a bleed. I am a believer. That's a noun. But I believe. I. That's a verb. It's an action word. Amen. I'm to use the word as a sword in my tongue. <coughs> Somebody help me now. Wait a minute. You know, we hold, as men hold swords in our hands. When you read the Bible, he holds his sword. This king holds his sword in his mouth. In the old creation, you held swords with a, with a hand. In this creation, you hold a sword in your mouth. Yes, and it is the word of God. And it is powerful and quicker than any two-edged sword. And it'll cut and it'll devour and it'll asunder. Amen. And it'll go through any enemy. Are you with me? Amen. So therefore, we got to keep the sword in action. Using the word of God as a sword in your tongue. You got to keep confessing. Keep confessing. Amen. Keep confessing where you're positioned. Because your sense knowledge, you're, you're, you're confessing it to your sense knowledge to see, taste, smell, feel, and hear. You're, you're, you're having to confess what God says you are. Not what your sight is saying you are. What sight says how big the devil is. What, what your ears have been told of how, how awful this devil is. Amen. But you start confessing who you are. You can keep confessing who he is. You can keep confessing the power of his name. That we overcome. How, how do we do it? We defeat the enemy and we gain victory through the blood of the lamb. And by the witness or the word of our testimony. Is that right? We speak the word of our testimony. By the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word is established. God witnesses on word. Jesus' blood testifies we are healed. Our heart testifies that his atonement is sufficient and complete. And our mouth witnesses the same thing. That's how you establish every word of God. Jesus said it, I believe it, and I confess it. Hallelujah. That the atonement is sufficient, it is complete, and our mouth witnesses the same. This establishes the Lordship of Christ. Amen. That he is Lord over every situation. Amen. I want to say to you today, let him be Lord over every situation in your life. Declare him to be Lord over that cancer. Amen. Over that sickness. Over that heart disease. Amen. Go and and realize that that, that, that at the name of Jesus, every knee has to bow. And every tongue has to confess that he is the ruler. Amen. Satan can't stay any longer. Amen. Perfect love for Christ and his word is casting out fear. Amen. Oh, you remember when Sister Karen back there laid with a significant brain bleed. There were creative words came out of my mouth. Amen. It happened when I said, we will not fear. 
We are believers. And that's what we are do. We do. We are believers and believers believe. Amen. And, and when I spoke those words, confessing who we were and who God is, amen, the Lord spoke. And out of my mouth, it said, she'll be in the IC room tonight. Tomorrow night, she'll be in, her, in, a, in a private room. And the next night, she'll be in her own bed. Amen. What happened? That released the spirit. And it followed the words that I spoke. And it started creating new cells. Hallelujah. Creative words were spoke. And things began to happen. And later she began to worship God. Amen. And as she began to worship God, acting. Now listen, it was spoke, but she's got to act on it. Amen. The word is being preached, but you got to act on it. Listen, we can create the atmosphere for faith for a sinner to be saved. We can create it by preaching the word. We can tell you the word is true. That he comes to save you. But you got to act on it. Amen. And it's not just coming down to the altar either. It's you believing. That's me. He's my savior. He's my redeemer. And he's given the Holy Ghost to me because he said he wants to give it to me. Not because I'm looking for feeling or sensation, but because he said it. Amen. I'm taking him at his word. He made the promise and I believe it. Amen. But that day created words were spoken. Things began to happen. She began to worship the Lord and acting upon it. And when she did, creative words created cells in her eyes. And blind eyes came back open. The, amen. And she could see again. We take her back to the, to the university hospital and, and they would do another, another CAT scan, not a CAT scan, but an MRI. And they would look and they say, there is nothing there. We can't see nothing there. It was though it never happened. Amen. She goes to the eye doctor and the eye doctor looks at the MRIs that was said of what had happened with the brain bleed. And he looks in her eyes and says, girl, you are a miracle. There's not one sign of this in your eye. Amen. You don't need glasses. You don't need, you don't need corrective lenses. You are healed. You are a miracle, girl. Amen. Why? She acted on the word. Amen. The same was true of Sister Lana. Amen. One day she had a black lung full of cancer. The next day, not a trace. I want you to know why. The creative word of God created new cells and drove out the bad ones. Hallelujah. Her enemy was declared dead. It was not a flesh and blood affair. It was the Lord's battle and he came through with the victory. Amen. Hallelujah. What was it? It was faith in action. Amen. She heard. She, she, she received a word of promise. One day I was sitting about a month before and I was praying and the Lord gave me a scripture to send to her. And it was witnessed there by Sister Mary Catherine who sends the same scripture. And there, that this is not your battle, this is the Lord's battle. So she said, Lord, if it's going to be your battle, you're going to have to do something miraculous. 
Amen. You're going to have to do something very miraculous. If it's your battle, amen, you're going to have to do something. She began to expect something. Came to the service sitting right back there in the mezzanine. Away from everybody because of the chemo she was taking. You remember? Amen. She heard the word preached. Amen. That we were in Bible days with the Bible faith. With the Bible God. And God was doing extreme things. Hallelujah. And there as she heard the word. There sitting in her seat. As we begin to sing. Leaning on the everlasting arm. She put faith into action. She ran around the building. And around the building. And rejoicing. Because faith was being put into action. We didn't see a healing. We didn't see something move. Senses didn't declare it. Feelings may not have declared it. But God's word had already spoke and said your enemy is dead. And she goes back to the hospital for another scan. And declared cancer free. Hallelujah. Stand up, Sister Lana. Amen. She just had another scan the other day. And is still cancer free. Why? Faith was put into action. Somebody believed the word. This is Bible days. This is a Bible faith. Amen. And God is doing extreme things. And she put into action. And God moved. Hallelujah. Amen. What is it? We are realizing we are seated with power and authority over every devil. Over every evil spirit. You name him. Whatever his name is. Hallelujah. Amen. And that whole, that same thing is for your house. It's for your family. As it swept over my wife, it swept over baby Drew and up out of the floor, a child who had never walked got up and fulfilled a vision. And God's got a vision of you this morning of a healed person, a delivered person, a free person that sin has no dominion over, that sickness has no dominion over. God's got a vision of you. Take a step toward it. Take a step toward it. Walk into that vision. He is defeated. He is defeated. I believe it. Hallelujah. Do you believe it this morning? Hallelujah. Amen. If you need the Holy Ghost, then you believe it is for you. For it is for you and for your children and them that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. God is here to fill us with His Holy Spirit. Hallelujah! God said it in His Word. One witness. Hallelujah! In the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. Somebody help me preach it now. Amen. God said it. The blood cleanses us. The blood has healed us. It's in the atonement. He healed every sick one. He healed every disease. Hallelujah. Amen. Now you give witness to it. You start testifying it. I am healed. I am 
over me. Nothing has dominion over me. I'm enthroned with him. Blessed be the name of the Lord. These signs shall follow them that believe in my stead by the power of attorney. Amen. They shall cast out devils. Today using that power of attorney. Are you with me? Amen. Are you ready to act upon it? I believe the glory of God is being restored to his church. Amen. I believe that Mariah was a sign of the glory being restored. I believe barren women will give birth. I believe a church who has been barren and lifeless will rise in the power of God. I'm giving testimony. I'm giving testimony. His word never faileth. His word is true. You remember that day when Mariah was there in the service? In our old church. And there alopecia had taken her hair from her. You remember that? I was preaching that morning. Don't even think it was in my text. But I got there and my hair was to give. Was a woman's glory. You remember that? Amen. Hair was a woman's glory. And God had given that to women as a glory. And now the Bible said they were not to cut it. Because it was to show the headship of Christ. This is Bible. This is not made up stuff. This is 1 Corinthians 11. Amen. And so, so therefore, as I was preaching that, I looked out there and I saw a little bald-headed girl who the devil had robbed of all her hair. Amen. There was no hair growing. I mean, in that disease, your eyelashes fall off. The, 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 the hair on your arms, your legs, everything falls off. Your hair falls off. Every bit of your hair follicles are destroyed by an evil devil. They call it alopecia, but it's a demon. And it attacked one of our children who was to show forth God's glory. Amen. I called her down to the altar that day and cursed that thing in the name of the Lord. But it wasn't until she acted on it. And she took those hairpins and said, I'm going to wear these. And when she acted on the word, hair began to grow. And her glory is restored. What am I telling you, church? It will happen when we start acting on it. When we say the word is ours. The message is ours. The Bible is mine. It's truth of mine. The blood is mine. And I am his righteousness. Always the word is cut like a surgeon's knife. Cut out diseases and set the captives free. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Are you with me? Amen. All these signs shall follow them that believe. The works that I do shall you do also. Amen. Oh, we're not going to let some demon of unbelief settle over us. Not no more. We're not going back. We're not going back to a time where we don't believe. Well, we say miracles are for another age or only for Brother Branham back here. We're not going back. We're not going back to a powerless religion. We're not going back where there's no shout of the king in the midst. We are not going back 
to there. No, sir. We, we are now climbing around the throne of God. And we're sitting there with Him in dominion and power. Oh, hallelujah. Brother Branham looked out and he saw it like a dark cloud over the people. Numerous of times. He said, you're, you know, God has showed his word. God has confirmed it. But you're still, there's that little cloud of unbelief that is hanging on you. Right there. And he says, and, and, and this is what he said. He said, Lord Jesus, you, you, God, I know you sent Jesus to die. To be wounded for our transgressions. And when his stripes we were healed. Oh Lord I believe that. How many can say I believe that? I believe these people are reaching forward. Beyond through that mist yonder. Oh beyond that little dark spell. Over that cloud. Just beyond that star yonder. Until their prayers are climbing now around the throne of God. Hallelujah. And then, Lord, is your prophet standing between the living and the dead, anointed by the Holy Spirit? I go forth to challenge any spirit of doubt that would be here and that the children of God might be healed. Now, Satan, you who have been hanging around here with a question mark across the word of God, you are literally exposed. Amen. God has revealed has revealed you, exposed you, told you right out who you are and what you are. And you're a liar and the father of lies. And as a church of God, as one members of that church, as born again by the Holy Spirit, as being called by in this world to be a prophet. And these people that confess Jesus Christ as a healer and as interceding as a priest, standing between the living and the dead. I say in the name of Jesus Christ, I break your powers. Turn every one of them loose. Come out of them, Satan. Leave them. And you can hear on tape men and women jumping out of wheelchairs and off of cots and people screaming, I am delivered. I am delivered. Because the power of hell is broke. He's only a bluff. That's all he is. He's a bluff. That's what depression is. It's a devil clouding you, lies to you, tries to make the words of the adversary greater than the words of God and make you forget that that more powerful or greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Amen. There was a woman stood before Brother Branham and he said, I don't know you. And he said, I'm not a doctor and I can't x-ray your case like that, like a doctor would. But the Spirit of God is here and he is the master of all x-rays. He's here and he knows all things and he looks past the, through the cycle of time. Now between you and I stands a dark object like a cloud floating, moving. I know who it is. I know what he does to the people. You're bothered with a nervous condition, isn't that right? Mental nervousness, upset. And you think sometimes you're going to lose your mind. I'm not real. I, I am, I'm not reading your mind. But now it's moved from you. Look at the x-ray. Amen. Now the scene changes. She starts believing. And when she starts believing, he said, it's moved from you. Your faith without prayer has made you whole. Your faith without prayer has made you whole. Hallelujah. That's what it'll do for you this morning. If you'll just realize it's the devil. Hey, 
hanging over you, saying you can't have it, you can't possess it, you're this, you're that. It's the devil, but he's defeated. I've called him out. I'm shooting him out in the street. I'm saying, Satan, you're a liar, and you're not going to hold God's people any longer. And there are people that are beginning to witness it and testify with their own lips. I'm healed. I'm saved. I'm delivered. I'm free. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Give witness to it right now. God said it. Now you witness it. You say it. It is. Hallelujah. There's one. There's another. There's a, it's breaking out all, all over this congregation. Right now, I ain't even prayed for you. And you're starting to believe. Amen. And the enemy is leaving you. Amen. The power of hell is broken. And you're set free. Amen. I declare you free in the name of the Lord. Amen. For who the Son is set free is free indeed. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, brothers. Let's anoint him with oil. Amen. What are you going to do about it? What are you going to do about it? Amen. This is what God says. What are you going to do about it? Act on that word this morning. Act on it. Come on, brother. Come right on up here. Amen. Let's believe with all our hearts. We lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. We are here in the atmosphere of faith right now. And I lay hands upon him, anointing him with oil. The devil is cursed. The enemy is defeated. And I claim the blood that was shed at Calvary. Amen. Now leave this man, this affliction leave. And may life come back into this body, into these hands, and his legs, in this body, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the glory of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Now what will the redeemed of the Lord say? What does the redeemed of the Lord say? What does the redeemed of the Lord say? He spoke. Now you speak. Amen. He said you're sitting before the throne. Now you say to your mountain. Amen. You speak to your mountain. It's got to go in the name of Jesus Christ. It's your legal rights before the throne. Give him praise, everybody. Amen. We're not waiting for our senses to declare it. God has declared it. We're not waiting for our feelings to declare it. God has declared it. We're not waiting for for our hearing to declare it. God's word has declared it. Forgive your sense knowledge and believe the word of God. By my stripes you were healed. Your diseases is gone. Your sickness is gone. Your sins are gone. You are the children of the most high God. Give him praise with all of your heart. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
I love to proclaim it. Redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Redeemed. Can you sing it this morning? Redeemed. I've been bought with a price. I'm the temple of the Holy Ghost. His word abides in me. His faith lives in me. I'm His today. Redeemed how I love to proclaim. Redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. 